you go for it. Okay. You're very close now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I mean, we should, nice, we should start it like that. Talk. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. I'm, I'm inching away. I'm inching away. <laughs> and on that note, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the World Transformed podcast, TWTFM. Uh, we have just had a great interview with Ash Sarkar moments ago, and we're now joined again by one of the stars of Navarra Media <laughs> on our very own TWTFM sofa, James Butler. Hello, Thank you hello. for joining us. Hi, hi, it's good to be here. So... How has the world transformed been for you so far? Uh, the bits of it I've caught, which have not been, unfortunately, very much, so I've been sort of running around doing Navarra stuff, uh, have been kind of spectacular. And it's also, it's been sort of nice to see that they've been overflowing. I did a session on British Constitution at 9am yesterday on Sunday. And I thought, wow, this <laughs> is, yeah, it'll be fine. There'll be about a dozen yeah. people there. It was mm. packed out, really packed out, and actually a really good kind of discussion as well I guess it kind of speaks to the moment but yeah no it's I'm looking forward to, to catching some more of it this afternoon uh, I'm popping down to see Nadia Idol who's uh, obviously involved in ACFM which which we do along with Richard Seymour talking about social media um, some other stuff I want to catch as well um, so yeah no uh, the programming looks great um, so uh, on the British constitution <laughs> thing was that a explainer or you know the sort of prospects for I mean, people are talking about constitutional reform now, aren't it's, they? It's true, it's true. Um, yeah, no, I was down to, to do a sort of, uh, well, the, the way I thought of it was a kind of constitutional story time. So you sit there and tell <laughs> the story of this kind of weird evolution of this completely bizarre way of doing things. And then just field questions from the floor about how you might reform things and what's going on and how it works and stuff like that. So it was really wide ranging. And I do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, if, if there's any kind of silver lining to the political crisis at the moment, it's the way in which this this kind of yeah. brings to the fore just how like utterly, utterly broken <laughs> Britain is politically. Um, so, yeah, no, I was, I was quite excited to see that, actually. And there was some really, really interesting stuff from the floor. People talking about sortition, mm. which is, you know, very, very... Um, very much in vogue academically, but doesn't mm -hmm. often feed through to like, actual political practice, which is the practice of kind of random selection, like yep. citizens' juries, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was it was kind of fascinating and fascinating to see like people actually thinking mm. about this yeah. stuff. And interesting to think. I mean, I'm thinking of like Dan Hines' work mm. as well, and how the you know media reform uh, in an age of like social media, of democratic mm -hmm. media, of allowing the population to speak to itself and to go through a deliberative process with itself mm. could intersect with you know the possibilities for um a new constitution now are just like quantitatively different fr from you know what would have been possible 20 years ago yeah i mean the scope for democratic participation that arises out of technological change is something we haven't really grappled with i mean it, it, it funnily enough actually theorists of, of european union have always, uh, you know, I'm thinking of people like uh, Philippe Schmitter here. These are people who kind of in the 2000s were like, wow, we could actually get some democratic legitimacy for the EU by like letting people have digital referendums or something or something like that. So, so it's been there usually in cases where people have been looking to find ways to sort of legitimize things that, that, that uh, don't have much democratic legitimacy. Um, but, it, but it hasn't really gone beyond that idea of you can expand kind of existing democratic practices but allow kind of a bigger say and people to feed in. What I think is interesting about the, the current moment, the way the technology is evolving, is that that, that you know, that, that there will be kind of quite, you know, qualitative changes to the way in which you can undertake kind of democratic consultation. That requires a bit more thought than saying it. It yeah. could be like a referendum mm. but with like 
technology in <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah so, yeah so yeah no it's a, it's, a, it's a curious curious moment so i'm i'm interested uh just to make this like slightly more tangible for people who aren't familiar with all these like constitutional intricacies <laughs> that we're going through at the moment obviously we're living in a time where everything is being questioned you know the role of the parliament the role of the government you know how does that executive legislative balance work out um and you talk about new methods of uh, like how democracy and how we can have greater participation through technological uh, developments. Do you see any sort of like practical um, solutions or, or people putting forward practical ideas? I mean, are we going to be voting from our phones in five years? Well, they're still very slim kind of on the ground. And in terms of one of the, the major problems at the moment is that there's not sufficient a conversation between uh, people who are involved in building this kind of technology and people who are thinking about the way in which you can sort of change politics, and particularly in the, in the area of constitutional reform. It's true, it's, it's sort of difficult to, to think, you know, how you would do this in a way that, that, that would be immediately comprehensible. Mm. You have things like, I mean, you know, I'm actually one for, I, I'm very sceptical of, of, of digital voting machines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the American <laughs> experience yeah. will, tell you, <laughs> yes. will tell you why that's the case. Um, I think actually, you know, uh, there, there's also something I think actually quite, quite nice and quite humble and quite, you know, quotidian every day about sort mm. of crossing yeah. the pencil and, and that being kind of quite a fundamental part of things. But look, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the, the proposals on this stuff at the moment tend to be about um, you know, if you get more participation, then somehow more democracy happens, um, mm. right? And I, I think it's worth kind of questioning whether participation in itself produces a kind of democratic politics. And like, actually, you have to think a bit more carefully about how you structure the, the way that people have yeah. these discussions and allow them access mm. to resources to... to just to allow those discussions to be meaningful. Um, because at the pro I mean, as anyone knows, <laughs> uh, you go on social media and there's a lot of nonsense flying around. Mm. There's a lot of you know, things that simply aren't true, things that are either cynically untrue or are simply misapprehensions. And so it's sort of perverse in one sense. You have a kind of equality of access to information, but the ability to distinguish between forms of information that are worth kind of considering, mm. worth thinking about. So then brings us back to what is, in some sense, a kind of key constitutional question, which is, okay, if you're thinking about how a country is governed or how it is run or how you would change how it's run, what's the role of experts in something mm. like that? Uh, and that, I mean, obviously, there's the famous Michael Gove line mm. uh, about Britain <laughs> being tired of experts, the, the British people being tired of experts. Um, but it's uh, an irreducible part uh, of government of a complex state. I mean, one of the key things about the way in which the constitution as such changed over the course of the 20th century is really you have until the access to the franchise of, of, of the most uh, 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 of sort of universal adult suffrage. Um, you know, the government doesn't concern itself that much with sort of the welfare of people mm. or, or, or really, you know, uh, sort of deep and intricate involvement in, in, in the structure of the economy. That changes over the course of the 20th century and that means that the government takes on, or the act of governing takes on enormously complex and ramified things. And so the question of whether you can just spin that all out into a, into sort of a series of, you know, humdrum referendums or like yeah, everyday yeah. referendums, probably not a terribly popular <laughs> concept yeah, right yeah. now. Um, and I think that's also a problem. Um, it, that's obviously not true. So you think about how you structure that together, uh, you change the way in which those conversations happen. It's obvious technology is going to be a part of that. Yeah. Right? And of course, um, th that, yeah, that is worth remembering, isn't it? That when we're talking about constitutional reform, we also have to think as well as the uh, what the sort of structure of the state is going to be. It's also the scope of it. Mm. And of course, arguably, well, not even arguably, definitely uh, so much 
governance in practice is privatized mm-hmm. at the moment you know and i don't know uh, an obvious example would be sort of privatized public space yeah. where the rules are made up by yeah. whatever corporation happens to own that rather than you know any sort of uh, democratic mm. oversight uh, and of course the two arguments sort of feed into mm. themselves as well where if you want to convince people that it's a good idea to democratize the economy mm-hmm. then you've got to make sure your democracy yeah, actually functions yeah. well yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so maybe that's a way into it that you know thinking about these sort of national moments where you might turn to a referenda mm-hmm. or a uh, general election or whatever maybe that's you know the hardest bit of the story but maybe there's also more opportunities for constitutional reform mm-hmm, at the local mm-hmm. level um you know i often think that uh count i mean you know thatcher uh what's the word you know she wrecked <laughs> municipal, <laughs> municipal <laughs> governance yeah, yeah, in, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. in this country and you know that that's a very easy win to my mind yeah. you know we should be turning that round and uh, mm-hmm, giving mm-hmm, councils proper yeah, autonomy it's, it's true that, that that really i think you know and it, it's a, i know it's in part of the debate on on the left over the the kind of corbynism period has been about you know actually how do you begin to put this stuff into practice without necessarily being in power at a national level yet obviously and you know problematically in many cases we have labor in power in councils yeah kind of across britain uh, doing incredible not, not damage. Doing incredible, <laughs> incredible damage. Yeah. Um, it's changing slightly. It's gotten a little bit better in various places, but it's not still not great. Um, uh, yeah, so there's an opportunity there for municipal socialism. And if you think on the kind of constitutional reform side or the democratic reform side, it's also look if if the voting system in this country is going to change, it's going to change probably at those kind of elections and at that level first. So municipal kind of reform of voting systems. If you, if I mean, frankly, if if any kind of proportional representation were to come in in this country, we'd probably through that level first, you'd then find a way of kind of building kind of consent uh, and actually getting British people used to a voting system that maybe uh, reflects votes a bit better. Um, but yeah, no, I, I you know, that obviously the, the, the huge uh, matter for discussion on the left is always Preston and the Preston model mm. and what's going on there. I think that stuff is very important. I mean, there is also kind of a long history of municipal socialist resources that we should be drawing from as well, not least the GLC, um, but other instances of it as well. Okay. No, it's fascinating stuff, and it's something that we will try and focus on a lot at TWC <laughs> this year. Is you know having that conversation and bringing that you know in front of people these ideas about developing the constitution, particularly in the times that we're living at the moment, and seeing it as an opportunity mm. to move forward and work out how we redraw that in the future. However. I'd like to bring that conversation <laughs> to an abrupt standstill uh-huh. and oh, yeah. ask you about the other antics that you've been up to <laughs> at the World Transforms. Oh, yeah, great. And in particular, uh. I heard a little uh, <laughs> bird in my ear that told me that you were doing a Boris Johnson impersonation. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> well, uh, uh, yes. So yes, you have to switch your head No, 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 that's fine. Did you do that like method <laughs> or did you? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I hyped it up backstage. I mean, you know, there's this uh, sort of wonderful, uh, uh, I don't know if, if either of you read the, the Sonia Pennell biography of Boris Johnson that came out just as he was running for a second term as mayor. And it's actually quite, you know, it's really scathing in places and it sort of, uh, you know, allows him enough rope to hang himself, really. Um, 
but there's just this story of when he was a, a, a columnist at the Telegraph or, or was working in Europe. He used to sort of do nothing all day and then lock himself in a room and sort of hype himself up into a state of frenzy. <laughs> 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 Europe, Europe is terrible. <laughs> in that sort of bizarre I've started way. I've to see it. I've started wow. to see yeah, it. No, You're don't, passionate. don't, don't. No, but last, <laughs> last night, obviously, as part of the Navarra Radical Variety Show, which... Um, was really spectacular. I'm really glad we did it, and I'm really glad um, it came off in the way it did. Now, I was just part of a little <laughs> audience participation exercise or a, 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 a little competition. I was uh, in a Boris mask and covered with <laughs> stickers of Boris Johnson's face, uh, <laughs> sort of shimmying across the stage um, uh, in order for someone to guess. So, so, so I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, the Navarra social media people will clip <laughs> that up and it will wow. circulate endlessly on the internet. That but it was great fun compromat. and actually the show is, <laughs> isn't it just? Um, I mean more more, comp more compromat is that impersonation I just did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We promise we won't clip that one up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, in some ways it's, it's, it's odd, isn't it, that, that the guy feels like he should be such a gift to satire, but actually like there's, there's something about him that that it just kind of sustains the myth and and you know even it's all such a performance yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean there was it's it's funny isn't it because i was thinking about this stuff recently with him when he was uh he was at that that giving that speech in the rather like weird darth vaderish speech in front of the ranks of of, yeah. of, of police uh cadets i think or newly qualified police um and doing this this sort of like utterly bizarre routine that must have worked at a kind of boozy after dinner speaking yeah. thing uh, and just fell flat and I mean it was an audience of cops and journalists and people with the best sense of humor <laughs> at the best of times um, but but yeah no it was just like this, this guy you know really doesn't to some extent still understand the role he's in you get this also from leaks from Europe yeah. unless they're like they <laughs> it's not even entirely clear that Johnson understands yeah. the issues yeah. at stake does it put um, you in mind of like I mean people always say Trump but I always think Berlusconi is it, the, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's funny yeah I, 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 I do think there are, there are similarities to Trump one of the things that is different in some ways actually is that Trump has these sort of weird obsessive monomanias things that really really bug him yeah. right uh, and like weird little kind of policy fetishes uh, this weird fetish about what the fed should be doing and stuff like that and they they irk him immensely and he kind of you know leaps to twitter and you know, yeah, uh, yeah. You know this, this stuff endlessly flows out you know, johnson uh, I, it, it's very hard if you sort of watch his political look at his political career and what the positions he's taken over time it, it's not clear to me that there's anything or any political position that he's not willing to kind of uh, you know, flip around and moderate on or change about as uh, according to keeping power. So in that sense, he's sort of much more, uh, you know, absent a politician mm. or, or sort of there's m much more of a kind of, you know, rather sucking and horrifying void at the centre mm. of Boris Johnson. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the flip side of this, of course, is that, that Berlusconi is in some ways the, the kind of prophet of our age. I mean, Italian comrades are always like, we've been through this before. You know, <laughs> we, like, we, we know, guys, we pioneered this stuff. Um, but, but it's true that Berlusconi also, you know, is, you know, really was the product of a collapsing political system as well. Yep. And so if we're, we're, we're taking that analogy, then we should look at the way in which we thought about the Italian political system at the time it produced Berlusconi. It's a consequence of the collapse of the old kind of arc yep. uh, of major parties. Uh, in Italy, it's partly because of the fall of communism, part of which is one of the things that kept the conservative side in Italy together was their kind of virulent anti-communism. 
Um, it's not the only thing that's going on at the time. But if you think then, okay, Berlusconi is something that's produced by the kind of gradual collapse of old certainties. What's collapsing here? What things mm. are yeah. fundamentally changing? And then that makes Boris Johnson on, on one level more scary because mm -hmm. it, t it tells you something about actually there's a major change going on here that I think a lot of people involved in politics aren't really seeing and thinking about clearly. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it makes him less scary because like, actually, if you think of him as an effect and a function of that kind of collapse, then you think, okay, then that kind of collapse allows us to go in at the root and try and change something there. Mm -hmm. So as always with politicians like Johnson, you know, it's terrifying and some of the stuff he's doing is genuinely, legitimately uh, pretty destructive and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, yeah, there's an opportunity there. It has to be grasped. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I would say that Labour's strategy is exactly right, or insofar as it's pursuing its actual <laughs> strategy of being an insurgent left-wing force. I mean, you know, that's... Um, I think that's the only sort of thing that can beat it, because, yeah. as I say, the, you know, the, the experts, uh, quote-unquote, are so discredited by this point, they just don't offer anything. So, uh, final sort of... To get to the meat of the matter, mm -hmm. James, I always knew you from the radio, uh -huh. but now I'm seeing you on YouTube more and more. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, well, I'm sort of gradually sort the of trials and tribulations of the, fame. The, the, the <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, Videos are video making <laughs> side. No, I mean, it's fine. It's good. I mean, I, I, I really like radio as a medium. I think, uh, you know, there are incredibly interesting things that can be done. Uh, on that, obviously, the, the the production overheads are also a lot lower. You don't need sort of camera ops and stuff like that, so it can be you out don't in the need, field a bit. Uh, velvet curtains, gorgeous <laughs> sort of set dressing. Yeah, no, but I mean, obviously, I, I and you know, as Navarra kind of grows, I will be doing sort of more and more of, of this stuff. And I think mm. you know, it's particularly helpful at the moment because I have kind of a deep. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, or, or pay a lot of attention to mm. stuff that's going on in Parliament and how Parliament operates. Obviously, as these things spill out and 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 sort of, I will pop up on <laughs> on wherever I need to be on the fire. That is also the flip side of your earlier question or, or your thing about Labour. By the way, is like this is one of the problems that confronts us at the moment is how you maintain kind of insurgent energy while also being increasingly identified with the institutions yeah. that naturally it's just a, you know part of an effect of being in power in these kind of large you know substantial institutions part of the british state um, so it's very, very hard to, 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 to find that balance. I, no, I wish we had that problem. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, I think that might be a good note on which to end. James Butler succinctly demonstrating the range of skills on offer <laughs> at TWT this year in just one interview. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Uh, no problem. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank